Welcome to my Plant Medicine Journey podcast. I have the privilege to chat today with my brother, Chad Curtis, and I was talking to him just before the show, and we have uh, very similar backgrounds on how we came into the world of uh, uh, plant medicine and how we want to support people with that, and uh, we'll definitely dive into all of all of the things uh, so welcome, brother. Thank you for taking the time and, and chat about this very controversial thing that uh, you and I are going to openly talk about and uh, hopefully help some folks uh, understand how all of this works. My pleasure, man. I really I appreciate you carving the time out and being able to have this conversation. Um, this is This is a topic that has become deeply important to myself and my wife and it's it's integrated into our our family and it's just been uh i'm just excited to share anything that i can that can help someone uh to either better understand some of the lessons that are available to us and why someone would want to go down these sort of paths and, and what we can gain from it so i think it's awesome i love what you're doing yeah absolutely brother thank you and uh you know it's it's for me it's been very similar where uh, it, it became such a huge part of my life. It changed everything of who I was and what I did. So, um, yeah, it's, let's, let's dive deeper into it, into it. So for, I'd love to hear your story. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about, uh, your background, uh, like what do you do now and all that fun stuff. Let the world know what, who you are, man. Let them know who is Chad Curtis. Is that, that is a, the ultimate question for me. Um, <laughs> jokingly, my wife and I were having this conversation recently where I said, I feel like I'm, I'm rolling into Chad version 3.0. And she <laughs> kind of laughed and she was like, I've seen at least three or four versions in the time that I've known you. So you might be on Chad 8.0. Um, <laughs> A lot of times it feels like there's been, been a number of lives lived. Um, I grew up in a, a pretty traumatic household. We'll, we'll call it that. Um, mm-hmm. Out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps. Um, I ended up meeting my now wife while I was in the Marine Corps. We were dating. Um, I left the Corps. Moved out to California with her, and her and I taught for five years. Uh, We got married while we were out there. Then we moved back to New York. We opened a CrossFit affiliate. That was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. We have since, we moved away from CrossFit, owned a, a, continued to own a strength and conditioning gym, um, and we've since downsized that to a, a small personal training studio. Uh, and in that time, we had two beautiful little girls, Dylan and Aubrey. Um, and our lives have changed dramatically over that scope of time, which has been nearly 19 years since I met my wife. So mm. it's been quite some time. Um, as far as what I, what we're doing now, what I'm doing now is it, it's in that coaching world and in some way, shape or form, I've viewed myself as a, as an educator, a teacher, a coach, a guide, uh, 
for 15 plus years, mm-hmm. uh, even if I wasn't really fully accepting of that role. One of the things, one of my pit stops along the way was about six years ago or so, I took a job at a nonprofit working with vets with traumatic brain injury and PTSD. And it was one of those things that I took because I was scared about having a child with no health insurance, you know, owning a CrossFit affiliate, not having a ton of financial stability. And that was one of the best moves that I could have ever taken because it really forced me to get back into personal development and growth for myself. And that thing, I needed to be able to talk to people about something other than how much I could clean and jerk. Yeah. Because they had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> Apologize for my language. I don't know if I can. Oh, you can, man. You're perfect. Because that's my second language. I'm very fluent. <laughs> um, and for whatever reason, doing that, I started reading more, listening to podcasts. I began to meditate and journal, which was something I had never done. And at one point, I remember my wife, we had just had our first daughter. And, you know, it's stressful. We were lacking sleep and she was upset about something. And my response happened to be very measured and appropriate. And she just looked at me and she's like, Oh, you're so fucking Zen now. And it was, uh, it was really funny. We laughed about it. Um, because that's nothing that would, that, that wouldn't, wasn't a compliment that I was typically receiving up until that point. And it kind of snuck up on me. And, and it fueled me to continue down these paths of, of self-exploration, of cultivating stillness. Um, and while I was in that program, I was constantly in search of more natural, holistic ways for some of our guys to, to find treatment and or relief. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that I was always, that I was exploring was plant medicine. Mm-hmm. I was, not able to find a, a valuable or viable avenue while I was there. But I worked there for a couple of years before I left. Coincidentally, uh, through a, a friend and a colleague, and now, now someone that we work with, he had mentioned something about being away for the weekend, doing this ceremony thing. He said, he said something that alluded to what he was what was going on. And so I asked him and he connected me with, with the tribe that we work with now. Um, and it was something that I had been seeking for quite some time in that sort of, in that very ceremonial treating this with reverence. This is purposeful type setting. I have plenty of avenues that I could have procured the, the medicine with. Um, where, where were you at? Uh, like before seeking that space, like how, how was your view of uh, plant medicines and uh, for, for healing for like, where was your mind at? What, what, what did you think about it before even looking for it? Yeah. I would say deeply curious and always very open to, mm-hmm. to do anything. So this is, and that's an important distinction because when I started this work, the level of apprehension that I had about physically taking the medicine in was virtually zero. Mm -hmm. Um, I abused drugs and alcohol a lot 
when I was younger. <clears throat> and so that piece of it was um, that it was not a huge concern for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was excited and very, like I said, very curious about using these things in a more purposeful and meaningful way. And in a way for me to, to move past some of my stuck, um, as I mentioned before, just the way that, the way that I grew up, um, you know, you and I are, we, we both are, are friends with Mark England. Uh, so the victim mentality, uh, was just integrated into my life and into my mm-hmm. mindset. The world was against me. There was never any hope of success for someone like me. Um, and as a result, those stories were so deeply ingrained in me that I would destroy and sabotage my life, um, sometimes consciously, often subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, I, I was curious because I, I looked at plant medicine as an avenue to get to the root of some of this, some of these these behaviors and these choices and these things that I I fundamentally understood were not in my best interest and they were not representing the best version of myself. And yet I found myself doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I had been looking for quite some time. In fact, to the point where when <clears throat> the opportunity presented myself, my, you know, my wife, Melissa just said, uh, yes, go, <laughs> yeah. please do. You, you've been talking about wanting to go for the last three, four, five years go and do this. She's very supportive. Um, she is by and large the person in my life that, um, that shifted, that started the shift in that sort of victim mentality, that mindset of not being able to achieve or have the things that I, that I need and want in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, Sounds like a soulmate. (laughs) I I mean, if there, if that is a true thing, we have it. Yeah. Um, she, beyond being a soulmate, she's a fucking warrior Mm -hmm. because I put her through a lot. Um, Mm. so we went into, I went into this and she was very supportive. I went down for my first ceremony weekend. Um, I travel about four and a half hours to, uh, to work with the tribe that I'm working with. And it was not what I expected. Um, I expected a lot of darkness mm-hmm. out of it. Um, based on some of the things that I was trying to address. And that first, that first ceremony was all light. And what did you sit with? Uh, grandfather and psilocybin. Mm, right on. And, uh, that was really, that was the, my first taste of the medicine shows you what you need. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm incredibly comfortable with pain, with darkness, with sorrow. Um, less comfortable with happiness, with feeling joy. Uh, with the light. And that was my whole experience. Um, and it was beautiful. 
and it motivated me. Uh, it, it had a lot to do with my girls, my little girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it started a practice when I came home. So it was actually, it was a grandfather ceremony on the first day and then heart ceremony with MDMA on the second day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started coming home and reading my journal when I would write while I was gone. I would read it out loud to my wife. And that in and of itself was medicine. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just beautiful. And that that action, I believe, is what started to shift her desire. Because initially she said, this is great. I'm very proud of you. I want you to keep doing this stuff. I'm going to support you. Not interested <laughs> for myself mm-hmm. personally was her, you know, was her response. Um, and as she saw these, these shifts start to happen in me and the, the way my language changed, the way my reactions changed around her and the girls and my family and all these different things, um, she became very interested. And so she, she ended up just this past May going down, um, and sitting in a heart ceremony with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was really, it was really beautiful because the way I explain the situation for, uh, for a lot of our friends and family is <clears throat> my wife grew up in what would look like a, a, a sitcom type scenario, right? The family mm-hmm. argues a little bit and at the end everyone hugs and laughs and, and moves on, right? And we all, we used to joke around about this a lot. Um, you know, she had a really great life as, as a child. She had very loving parents that they did, you know, all the right things for her. Um, mm-hmm. she actually sat the first, what was really beautiful. The first time she came down, she came in for the share at the end of grandfather, everyone uh, was was open to her joining us. And so she was able to come in and sit and it was so incredible because she, she sat down and listened to these people's shares and she was just crying and like, she was like, I felt the energy when I came in this room and I didn't even participate. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was so wild for her to have that experience. And, you know, and she put out there that she felt, some shame and guilt about coming down and taking a spot because she didn't have a, a traumatic experience to work through, you know, mm-hmm. and she, she was looking at it through the lens of like big T trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in and of itself was something that she's worked on. So what's been really interesting to see is, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, Melissa was a race car before. Now she's just dumping nitro in. Like now mm-hmm. she's crushing it. You know, she, she was already doing so well. She is a, a woman on fire since May. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for myself sitting in these ceremonies is helping me to uncover and unearth my authentic self and get past some of the, the pain and bullshit that I've put on myself that I've allowed others to, to put on me. And so mm-hmm. our paths are very different in terms of what we get out of it. Um, and our, our both are incredibly valuable, not only to ourselves, but in our relationship, 
you know, in our relationship with our children, with our family and friends, it's just been beautiful to see. And, uh, and now we're at the point where we actually just hosted our second weekend of ceremonies at our home. Mm -hmm. Um, it was something that we felt called to do. So about three times a year, we'll, uh, we'll bring one or two of the facilitators up from, from where we go. And, and we open our home up to people that are uh, in our lives and, and in our area to come and, and experience this. And it's been really, it's been really beautiful. And it's been something that for me fills me with purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hold my, I, I, I do well, we'll call it in ceremonies. Um, gotcha. Very grounded, very stable. And, um, it's a role that feels right to me in there. How, how long have you, uh, what was your, uh, your first ceremony? How long ago? Um, about a year ago. Almost okay. Exactly, almost exactly a year. And about how many ceremonies have you had since then? Uh, low twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, probably 22, something like that. And, uh, for you, you know, it's, it's been a year. Uh, how, how, how does your life look different today than a year ago? Hmm. the space that I have in my mind and in my, that I've afforded myself for my reactions. That's grown tremendously. Um, My ability to, to actually feel my emotions Mm -hmm. and let them flow through me. um, That's grown immensely. My outlook on the world has shifted in some powerful ways. Um, and some specific examples would be for a very long time. I, I, I lived a life of like, I don't give a fuck. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really think I was going to honestly make it past 30 with the way that I used to live. Um, and I showed up, thinking that I was showing up as my authentic self as this brash kind of asshole type guy. I'm going to say something offensive or rude and I didn't give a fuck who heard it or who got upset about it. Um, and oftentimes it came from a place of being passionate about something or like really caring about something, but it was just delivered in, in a way that was real difficult for people to hear. Mm-hmm. So it's dawned on me a lot in the last, especially in the last year that, and I was working on this stuff prior to this just kind of accelerated it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I did care deeply how people perceived me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be perceived as someone who didn't care how he was perceived. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I've, ex- I've accepted that it does matter to me how I'm seen. Mm-hmm. It matters to me how, how people think of or view me. Mm-hmm. And I show up in a way that's still very true to me. I don't, I, I don't beat around the bush. You know, I don't avoid difficult conversations and I have them 
in a much more constructive way that's mm-hmm. balanced, that allows people to hear where I'm coming from. It creates appropriate boundaries for myself and for them. Um, it opens up the ability for people to talk to me about things that they're nervous about or that are difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And it's become, it's made my interactions so much more fulfilling uh, and sometimes also made me less, how do I say it, tolerant, willing to have frivolous interactions, mm-hmm. you know, um, like not, not to say that I don't want to have fun. I, I, I love, you know, goof around and being silly. Uh, it's more the like fake surface level, like, how are you doing today? Oh, weather is nice. Like I just, that sort of stuff is, um, less and less appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I noticed that my, our interactions are more cultivated in a positive way. Um, and with people that like, I really, truly love, um, it's allowed me to look back at some things in my life, uh, and, and change some stuff in major ways. Uh, I had not spoken to my mother in a little over three and a half years. Um, she's never met my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was sitting in a ceremony, the one that Melissa, the first one that Melissa went to. And there was a woman sitting next to me who was the same, roughly the same age, kind of reminded me of her. And she was there, uh, working through mourning the death of her son. Mm-hmm. Um, and up until that point, I hadn't given any thought in ceremonies about repairing anything with my mother. It was very much a, like, she's just not a part of our life and that's fine. She has, we haven't ever really had a, a real close relationship. Um, you know, she threw me out of the house when I was 17. Um, there's been several times since then where we haven't spoken for, you know, months or years at a time. Um, she was someone who made me feel all the worst parts about myself. Mm. Um, and it was hard for me to be a better man when I was around her. Um, <sighs> for sure, man. Um, yeah, but. I couldn't get it out of my head about reaching out to her at that one ceremony. Um, and it took me a while. It took me months. I wrote her a letter and all this stuff. And I met with her about a month ago. Um, and I'm actually meeting with her again on Wednesday. And it's just, it like that I would have n- never <laughs> binary language acknowledged. I would have never, um, reached out to her had I not been doing this work. It helped me develop the compassion and understanding that she is a a fellow human being. She was a deeply, deeply traumatized woman throughout her entire life. Um, and never had the tools or support 
to grow beyond that. And she did the best that she could for my sister and I. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, truly believe that Mm -hmm. in a way that's not excusing anything from our childhood, but um, it allows me to to empathize with her and, uh, and, and to go to her and, and help be a beacon of love and support for her. Um, that's fucking monumental for me. Um, and then I, I had this, this other shift, which is not, it, it doesn't play out. Actually, I should, I should back up my ability to do that with her fuels my ability to forgive myself mm-hmm. for the shitty things I've done. It fuels my ability to forgive everyone in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that, being able to cultivate that level of compassion and understanding and forgiveness, it spills into everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, another big one for me was I had this, this moment where actually through the combination of story work and plant medicine, uh, cause I, I had a, I booked a, um, a story we can call with, uh, like two days after a medicine retreat that I went on earlier this year. And, uh, <clears throat> through some of the prompts and the questions, I actually ended up journaling that I was thankful, like truly grateful, uh, for my father, mm-hmm. um, who was physically abusive. He used to beat the shit out of me and my mom, um, alcoholic, deadbeat dad, checking a lot of those boxes. Um, that man turned me into who I am and I'm mm. immensely proud of who I am. And I'm a protector of women. I'm a, I'm a fucking warrior in that arena. And, uh, that was a thing that came to me to be able to really feel gratitude for what was a deeply challenging and traumatic thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and there's no, I have, I I don't have any intention to to repair that relationship. Uh, I haven't seen the man in 20 years. Um, and for me, it was valuable to come to that conclusion and really see the value out of that hardship. Um, yeah, those, I mean, those are just a couple of the big things that have hit for me in the last year. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this work. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing that vulnerably. It's not, you know, uh, uh, we, you know, people go their entire lifetimes and, and relationships that they're never able to come to terms with themselves. Uh, and I'm a big believer that, uh, I actually, it came from, I've shared in a couple of podcasts. Uh, uh, a message that I got from ayahuasca is heal, empower, create. You got to heal those parts of yourself, then empower yourself for you to like be able to create powerfully, right? Create fully. And uh, you can really create in life uh, in a whole different way. Once you come to terms with your creators, uh, it's, it allows you to have this like new form of energy um, and like for myself, I, my parents were amazing, man. I, I had, uh, my parents did an amazing job. Um, 
but whether, you know, even like with your wife, it's like whatever they're teaching you, uh, from seven and under and even later years, uh, you know, dad teaches you how to relate to the world. Mom teaches you how to relate to yourself. And so when you can come to, you know, come to terms with a lot of those ways are getting you the results in life. Uh, it takes your life in a whole new way. So yeah, for me, I'm excited for you. What happens in your future after you continue like nurturing this relationship with your mom. And I imagine already has opened up a whole new set of possibilities you didn't have before. Um, and I could only see you down that path, uh, deeper and deeper. Hey, yeah, it's, I appreciate that, man. It, uh, it's really motivating. Um, when I, I saw her about a month or so ago, um, she looked worse than what I, than the last time I had seen her, her, her physical health, um, her demeanor. And she sat and listened with intent. She's doing the things that we're talking about. Um, I maintained boundaries and expectations around, you know, what, what the opportunity for her to come back into our life looks like. Um, mm-hmm. and I made it abundantly clear that I will protect my little girls by all means necessary. If I think that she's coming back into our lives in a way that's going to hurt them or be destructive, um, mm-hmm. And, and not in a threatening way to her, just letting her, like, making it be known to myself and to her that, like, I'm part of the reason that we don't speak is I viewed that as a way for me to break this cycle of mm-hmm. victimhood and of pain and it just, and not have that be something that's in their ear all the time. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, in the past month or so, I've seen her doing things that I've never seen her do. This uh, I watched this woman do 30 years of therapy um, mm-hmm. and never change anything about herself. And in the last four or five weeks, she's already begun taking some some great steps. That They're small and they're consistent and they're exactly the types of things that will that'll help her move to a better place for herself. And, and hopefully that continues down a path where, you know, Melissa and I are comfortable enough for her to come back into, into our girl's life too. Um, so I, I appreciate you, uh, recognizing that. Yeah, man. Uh, any, any intentions for you to ever sit in ceremony with your mom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. That was one of the things that we've talked about. Uh, she, that was another place where boundaries were important. Um, she got, I don't want to say excited about it, but it was a, like, she was like, Oh, so, so when do we do it? Do you want me to come to the one at your house? And I said, let's slow down. Um, you know, in my opinion, sitting and in my experience, being able to sit with yourself with discomfort, manage your breath, um, still your mind, those tools are so valuable in a medicine ceremony for you to be able to actually get as much out of that ceremony as, as you can. Um, and that's what I talked to her about. I said, you know, there's some practices that are going to serve you. 
really, really mm-hmm. well. And jumping right into this could be really disruptive. Um, mm-hmm. That this work is not... I, I believe that anyone and everyone could benefit from it and that everyone likely should not do it because <laughs> there's mm-hmm. because of the, you know, this, the intention they're coming into it with the, the set and setting, the desire to shift their ability to manage um, both their expectations as well as their physiological and psychological responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, what we've been doing is I check in with her a couple times a week. Um, I, I told her I go, go down once a month to visit with her face to face. And we talk about, meditation and journaling, breath work, um, various, various, uh, tools for her to be able to incorporate into her day. Um, so that sitting in ceremony is something that she can do and feel Mm -hmm. more confident doing and be able to pull as much, uh, knowledge from the experience versus fighting, you know, her body or discomfort the whole time. Um, Mm -hmm. we went back and forth. My sister, I I didn't share this before, but my sister had moved back or had moved up here to Rochester from, uh, from the Bronx, um, back in last December. So almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. And she's been going to ceremonies, uh, with me as well. And the growth that I've seen in her, we've never been closer. Um, and her shifts have been tremendous. Like she just, she's her again. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's got some, she's got a lot of this, a lot of similar things from our childhood that I had. Um, and then she's got some other stuff that I didn't, you know, she's got some other big T trauma that happened, uh, when she was younger Mm -hmm. and she has been a supportive advocate in, uh, for my mom. Um, and she's also been in the middle of it cause she's been in contact with her the whole time. And, you know, I'm not putting her in, a, I've never put her in a position to like argue or anything like that between my mom and I, but I know my mom has and, uh, mm-hmm. in the past. And so that's been really good to know that she, she's there and she has, she's that secondary piece of support for, um, for my mother. And we actually had a discussion around whether or not, sitting in a private ceremony or in a communal ceremony would be like, which would be more beneficial for my mom. And, uh, and I talked to my mom about it and I, and she seemed to agree with where we landed, which was initially I thought private with just me. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that my mom struggles with is that the world is out to get her and that everyone's going to hurt her and that, she's a victim and there's some real power to sitting in a room and truly being feeling supported and held and loved by every person in the room, even if you don't know any of them. Um, and so, yeah, the, the goal is actually in November for her to, uh, to potentially go and sit in a, in a ceremony with me, um, depending on how she's feeling, depending on, you know, how, uh, how she's been doing with, some of her, I will call it homework <laughs> in her day to day, uh, how prepared she is. Um, 
but yeah, that's, that's going to be a piece of it. And part of our discussion around that was that she's done a lot of therapy. She's done a lot of things that have proven to be mostly ineffective Mm -hmm. uh, for her. And the woman has a lifetime of trauma with a lot of it being big T trauma, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, you know, starting from when she was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And there's just, I believe that there's value in these ceremonies in breaking through some of these just deeply, deeply ingrained patterns and behaviors and experiences that we have that I don't know if there's another way to, to get there for someone mm-hmm. like her who's sitting on, you know, 50 plus years of living in this, in, in this state. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm nervous and excited that, uh, that she's willing to do this work and she's willing to do these things. Um, when we first, when I first connected with her, uh, there was a part of me that said, someone said, you know, what's, what's the best case scenario? Like what, what's the best way that this could work out for you? I said, well, what's the best way or the easiest way? The easiest way is she says, no, thank you. I'm not willing to do any of this stuff. And we just continue on with our, with our life the way it has been for the last three and a half years. Um, the best way is that she does decide to make some of these changes for herself and that at some point down the road, she's able to experience her granddaughters and to be, to be fully present there and enjoying that, that time and that moment and that love with everyone. Like that's, that's where it can lead. So I'm hopeful. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, the people you, you've set in ceremony with, uh, grandfather's a term, uh, that I've heard before that's used by Sioux, uh, natives or wh- who, uh, where does that term come, term come from? Um, so the tribe that we sit with, they, they pull from a variety of different, um, I guess schools of thought or, or teachings. Mm-hmm. I know that that Chris uh, follows, does a lot with the Lakota tribes. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his teacher whom I've yet to meet, uh, they, I'm trying to think how they came across one another. They were in Peru uh, sitting with ayahuasca. Uh, and that's, that, that was the beginning of Chris's journey about 12 or 13 years ago um, for his, uh, the beginning of his personal journey. And, gotcha. and he really, he pulls from a variety of different healing modalities. Um, and he's who I would, I would call the, he started the, the bear clan. Um, so then he's got other, there's some other, um, facilitators and healers that work within that, that group as well. Um, mm-hmm. so it's really just the terminology that I was introduced to. Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's always interesting, you know, because mushrooms are everywhere, all around the world. Yeah. Uh, anywhere I've traveled, Turkey, I'm in uh, Ukraine right now. It's like you see mushrooms, you see you see them in like Christianity, uh, yeah. and 
you know, ev- everywhere that I've seen, there's some type of like culture with like mushrooms and, uh, like in Mexico where I'm from, in Oaxaca, they, uh, a grandfather is a, a single mushroom, one mushroom. That's, mm. it's a big, it's a big boy. And, uh, or you sit with like, uh, like a whole family of seven mushrooms. Um, and that, like different sizes that come like from the same bundle. Uh, so you can sit with the entire family with a, with a grandfather. So it's always very interesting to see the, the terminology that different cultures, uh, have for the medicine. Um, have you sat with, uh, any other, uh, medicinal, any other plant medicines, uh, or psilocybin been, uh, what you've worked with mostly? Uh, mostly psilocybin, MDMA, um, ketamine, mm-hmm. um, outside of that, we have, uh, the Chris's teacher, Jason, who I mentioned before, he facilitates ayahuasca, um, mm-hmm. and that is a ceremony that. I've been feeling called to sit with for quite some time and it just has not worked out as far as like a sky, like logistics behind it for me have not worked out as to when he's hosting them and, and, uh, and those sort of things. Um, and then within, you know, within ceremony using Sananga and, and uh, Hape and, and, uh, things of that nature, um, mm-hmm. which was really interesting because one of the other healers, uh, Josh, who typically he's come up the last two times to our home. Um, he brought Sananga with him, um, this last time and we did, uh, oh, and, and LSD. We did a ceremony this last time with, uh, with LSD, which is really interesting. We've done that twice now. Um, it's a little harder logistically because it's such a long lasting medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, I, I really enjoyed it both times in terms of, um, the experience itself. It's slightly different, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was interesting. He brought the Sanangos. Funny to see how many people, uh, were willing to, to do it. And, you know, my wife looked at me from across the room, uh, and she just kind of gave me a look. I was like, this is something I choose to do because I, I have a, a high level of discomfort of putting anything near my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's super valuable for me to sit with that um, and breathe through it and surrender to it. Uh, especially because like I mentioned before, the, the other medicines that I've used up until this point, they tend not to be overly difficult for me to sit with um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of physiological responses and those sort of things. Um, but Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the extent of my experience at this point. Um, there's been opportunities for some other things that have just not, uh, again, it's always been a logistic thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we were, there's a, a, another healer that work comes into town periodically that works with Bear Clan and he offers Bufo. Um, mm-hmm. and that's another one that I've, I've wanted to sit with and, and just, he's, it's unpredictable when he's in town. So. Uh, the last couple of times I've just not been able to, to go down there because for me, I have to obviously carve out, um, you know, at least a day or two to drive mm-hmm. down, uh, sit in ceremony and get back. And I've got to make sure that that's, you know, my, my role, my role as a father comes first and making sure, and as a husband, um, making sure that we can, you know, that we can do that. Um, and it just hasn't at this point. 
Gotcha, man. Um, and you mentioned about your military background and, you know, I know a lot of, uh, uh, veterans have, uh, seeked out this work. Um, uh, I actually had the opportunity to, uh, work with a fellow who, uh, treats people, um, clinically for, uh, uh, PTSD, uh, and these are Navy SEALs and I've seen him navigate people through, uh, MDA, MDMA 5, 5-MEO, uh, ceremonies and, you know, I've, I, I've seen it firsthand, uh, this work on veterans and, uh, for you, have you had ties with your, uh, military background and plant medicine? Um, as far as my own personal experiences and, and working mm-hmm. through anything with that, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't, uh, for me, my military experience was, it was less about anything that that went on for me while I was in, and it was more about what it represented. Um, mm-hmm. When I got out of the Marine Corps, <clears throat> was sixteen, almost sixteen years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was a while ago, and uh, it was the first place that I felt one of the first places that I felt like I belonged mm-hmm. or like I had a, a family. Um, and I had come back from a deployment and Melissa and I were dating and my time was up in the, in the, in the Marine Corps. And basically I had to choose, like usually you can kind of kick around for a little while and mm-hmm. think about like what you're going to do. Um, but they were, sending everyone back to new schools. We were being recategorized into different, uh, MOSs, different jobs. And so I basically, I, it was a shitter get off the pot moment. Like if you're going to stay, you got to stay, sign a new contract. This is, we figure out where you're going to go. Um, mm-hmm. and I was looking at a good estimate was over the next four years, I would have been gone for about three of it, mm-hmm. uh, between schooling and deployments. Um, and so that, that put, uh, put me in a position where when I brought that to Melissa at the time, she was just like, I can't do that. And she's like, I don't want to, um, I don't want to make you choose and you need to choose because that's just not fair to me. Um, yeah. and that was, she was right, but it was, it was still a very hard decision for me. And so I, I did. I struggled with a lot of uh, sleepless nights, a lot of nightmares about burying my friends um, and me not being there, uh, drinking really heavily <laughs> during that time. So uh, that stuff as far as in medicine ceremonies, um, one, my wife and I had addressed some of those things via some counseling that we've done over our, our time together because I harbored a lot of resentment toward her for a long time. Um, even though like now I'm sitting here like, well, that was a good decision <laughs> to, to, to leave. Um, because she's, she's such an important piece of my life. And I'm like, I'm so deeply happy that, that that's the choice I made. But at the time I, you know, I had a lot of resentment toward her. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so anything that's come up for me in ceremony that's even adjacently related to that is more related to um, to my wife and my relationships um, with, you know, some of the guys that I'm still in contact with that I served with and uh, and particularly with with Melissa. Um, those things have come up. Uh, but my time in, you know, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough that there, there wasn't anything traumatic that happened to me other than constant anxiety of something happening. Um, you know, just being on on alert and like being hypervigilant that, which, you know, that carries over, but it wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't in the middle of any firefights or anything like that. I didn't, you know, watch any of my friends died and do like there was nothing there wasn't any experience like that for me personally that 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 um that i needed to work through gotcha uh for you what inspires you to uh share this work with your people in your community your loved ones uh what's your why behind it oh man there are so much opportunity in in our everyday lives, in the, in each moment that we have. And I feel like this work and this medicine and not just sitting and taking the medicine, it's the, it's the, the agreement that you've made in your heart when you decide to go down before you've ever even sat there. It's the intentions that you set. It's mm-hmm. the integration after it opens our minds and our eyes and our hearts to all of the opportunities that are out there that we're otherwise blind to we've, we've stopped noticing. Um, mm-hmm. and because of that, it, it presents a path of growth and healing for such a wide variety of circumstances that people are in. Um, it, I, it, it, and it breeds such a close connection with fellow human beings, which I feel is, is, tremendously lacking and it was before COVID. Um, mm-hmm. and it's even more so now just actually interacting with people on a real deep level with something that we miss. Um, that, that drives me to just talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they never experience it. Um, and I've, I've had a handful of friends offer what to me was just one of the nicest compliments where they've said like, Hey, I noticed I had one friend say this a couple weeks ago. He was like, man, I've always had a lot of respect for you. I've always enjoyed our conversations and, um, that, but the last year you, it feels like you've just been on fire. And I I just want to, he's like, I want to point that out. He's like, every time we talk, I feel motivated and fired up. Um, and he's like, and, and the way that you open up and are vulnerable, he's a police officer up here. Um, he's like, that's something I really struggle with. Like, I can't, I, I have a really hard time. He's like, and you do it in this way that's not, it's, it's not whiny or like a victim. You're just, you lean into and accept. He's like, it just makes me, it makes me feel good, man. I'm like, that was just such a fucking awesome compliment. Like I want that Mm -hmm. for other people. I want other people to be able to have the opportunity if they choose to lean into themselves, to learn about themselves 
and to see to see the opportunities that are all around them. Beautiful, man. Yeah, I've um, you know from I've been doing a, a bit of traveling this past three years of my life and uh, seen some really amazing places and still that internal journey and and what you get to experience inside and lean into all those things that you mentioned uh, is, you know, you don't have to go far. It's all within you to find that much beauty and love and light inside of you. So I could definitely relate to all of that. Uh, for you, uh, how, how do you see these possibilities of, you know, your plant medicine journey, uh, in your life in the future? Like what, what are you all, what are you looking to get out of it with this work for you? Oh man. Um, my work is, I still have plenty of work to do <laughs> around mm-hmm. my initial intentions going in, um, a big thing for me that, that I've been focusing on and will continue to focus on is my ability to accept and welcome success and believe that I can be successful. Um, I have a, right now when I look at my life, everything about my life is so amazing and beautiful except for my professional work, my financial stability specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can look back in hindsight and see where I've made decisions subconsciously driven that blew up my success. Mm -hmm. And, and I look back at that and I'm like, what the fuck? And, and then that makes me it, it eats away at my confidence and my, um, it makes me a little bit more gun shy to, to go all in on things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a big piece for me is to continue to, to get to the root of that and work on, you know, breaking up that story because that was a story where we heard a lot as children. My, my sister and I was, we're destined to be losers. We don't, we don't live that life. We don't get to go on vacations and celebrate holidays and have nice things and not struggle for money. Like this is just what people like us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, like, that's a real, real deep story that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, coupled with my sister brought this up in conversation the other day. I was like, Jesus, I hadn't even thought about this coupled with the fact that you're not allowed to fail. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I put that down. I journaled about that. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're not allowed to fail and you will fail. Mm-hmm. That's not a recipe for just paralyzing yourself. <laughs> I don't know what is. Um, yeah, man, so, I can imagine. <laughs> so that's a huge one for me. Um, I, I will continue to part of it is, is me continuing to grow my ability to empathize and be compassionate with others and understand how to talk to them and like, and just see people. And I think I'm pretty good at it already. Um, it, just honing those skills, um, kind of a s- interesting side reason that I got, and it wasn't really a reason, but it was, a, it was an additional thing that I was curious about when I got into, um, plant medicine in general was having this sense of, um, Envy, I guess, 
for people who are deeply spiritual. Um, because it was something that I just, I, I never subscribed to. Um, mm-hmm. not a huge fan of organized religion. And I, I, I think I clumped those to that together with spirituality. Um, and so a, re- a really nice kind of side benefit for me has been beginning to cultivate that sense of something greater than myself, um, mm-hmm. of some sense of spirituality. We've actually, we incorporate it into our, our, um, life at home with the girls. We do these little spiritual Sunday things. Mm-hmm. We sit down and we do some lessons and we, um, so continuing to cultivate that and, and explore that for myself personally is, is important because I still don't really have a finger on what, <laughs> what that means. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very curious. Um, and then I am a, an infinitely curious person. So continuing to just explore these different experiences, sit with different, with different teachers, with different healers, with different medicines, um, that's another piece that for me is, uh, is, is deeply interesting. Um, and that's something that con- somewhat contrary to my wife, the reason that we've been able to host ceremonies at our home is that I can appeal to someone who is curious and open to the, um, to the experience. Whereas my wife, uh, she is not someone who has altered her consciousness very much in her life. And so she kind of speaks to a different, different group of, of people that are coming in, um, which is really cool. And it's, it was, I was super thankful that she decided to start, um, going down and doing this work because it's been, been really valuable for her. And there's a lot of people that we've been able to touch already, um, that would not have done it if it were just me, um, gotcha. talking, talking to them, cause they would have just been like, Oh, that's just Chad. He's, <laughs> like, you know, that sounds good for you. Keep doing it, man. Um, so yeah, like I, I want to continue to explore that curiosity. Um, a, a lifelong learner, a lifelong explorer. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by our minds and, just human beings in general, our behaviors and the way that we, the way that we shape the world around us and how malleable our, our perceptions and thus our world is. It's just, it's endlessly fascinating to me. So that, that is a huge driver as well. Awesome, man. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, sharing your story. Uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, continue building a relationship to psilocybin. Uh, it's uh uh, anything that we do in life is a relationship to, could be money, could be food. Uh, one of the coolest things for me, psilocybin, uh, for years, uh, was a very powerful aid. And now I, you know, it's, I, I don't sit in those ceremonies anymore. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I feel that it's taught me what I need to teach me, but I don't know, I know it'll call me in the future. Uh, it's a great, great teacher. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see. Uh, what else, uh, you are able to integrate in your life and, uh, you know, what you shared about, you have the awareness of some of these things. Uh, that's 90% of the battle to have, to, you know, be able to find your blind spots, the things that 
you don't know that you don't know about. And then the toughest part is that next 10%, the integration piece, uh, how to actually go from uh, being to becoming. So uh, wish you, man, the, the best of luck. If you ever need any support with any of this stuff, uh, I'm here, man. And, and uh, you know, uh, Chad sounds like it's a, a resource also uh, for folks out there. Um, so, uh, where can people find you or where, if you would like to be found? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, I love to be found. Uh, <laughs> so Instagram is probably just as far as like the, the publicly facing easiest way to find me. And, uh, that's just at the Chad one, one, two, four. Um, that's, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. Uh, that's another one of those things that I'm working on when you, when you talk about, uh, what's for me is, is being seen and being heard. Um, mm-hmm. and because I, I historically have not put myself out there a lot in, in these ways. So, um, yeah, they can find me on, on the gram. I'll be on there once in a while. Awesome, brother. Appreciate you so much. And, uh, thank you everybody for listening. We will chat with y'all next time. Bye.